This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, it's Tuesday the 7th of November. I'm Andrew Harrison letting Miranda Sawyer have a lie-in for once. Papercuts is a rip-roaring five days a week hit, but if you want to enrich your healthy podcast diet a little bit more, can we suggest our new sister show about science? Why? That's W-H-Y. It's number one in the science chart, and every edition answers a big question, ranging from are humans still evolving to is it wrong to have sex with robots? You can get it now at whypodcast.co.uk or just follow the link in the show notes. Now, read all about the headlines for today's edition. Distinction Rebellion. Sunak forces Charles to announce a rootin' tootin' pollutin' raft of anti-green policies in his first King's speech. Eco and the ban airmen. Preachy environmentalist Prince Harry lambasted for taking private jet to Katy Perry gig. And how common are you? Celebrity super snob Nicky Haslam releases his latest list of naff things that we plebs like on a tea towel. Welcome to Papercuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Papercuts, the podcast equivalent of a guitarral old man in a flat cap shouting, read all about it, at you from a street corner. Up early with us today, she writes columns for CNN, she's the morning editor for Katie Couric, and she is a walking, talking, sleep deprivation experiment. It's Holly Thomas. Hello, Holly. Hi. <laughs> you're there. You're awake. I'm not sure if you're there. I genuinely could be hallucinating yeah, right at this point. We are, we are in the Matrix. Also staggering under the weight of newsprint, it's stand-up comic and comedy writer for The Last Leg, 8 out of 10 cats and Late Night Mash, Gronya Maguire. Good morning, Gronya. I am a figment of both your imaginations. Oh, fantastic. Well, no. So we don't have to pay you then. Brilliant. <laughs> fantastic. So, so who's got what on the front pages today? Holly, what have you got? Right, so on the cover of the Times, uh, potentially good news. It says uh, thousands to be spared cancer with four p a day pill. Um, I don't want to read any more. That's all I want to know about yeah, that. That's it kind of really, a, really good. It's, it's, it's surprising the, the number of health stories that uh, the, the broadsheets, in particular, and the mail go with, isn't it? But that's like, thank God, a little bit of good news, a yeah. tiny, tiny bit of good news. Yeah, yeah. I'm not diving any further into it. That's it. That's all that's happening. Um, yeah. And then also, Sunak's ticket to driverless buses by 2030. Driverless buses. Yeah, it sounds like something that will definitely happen um, <laughs> this, is just, this is just a dig at, at um, Siddiq Khan isn't it so he can say oh my dad drove yeah. a bus not anymore mate <laughs> yeah it's an um, idea he stole from his new friend Elon Musk um, <laughs> and then on the cover of the Guardian we've got a uh, very much much sadder uh, Gaza's despair everyone is just concentrating on survival um, with a really just tragic picture of what looks like a mother carrying her child uh, through Gaza so that's that's just horrible um then on the Telegraph, uh, Daily Pill halves risk of breast cancer. Okay, so back Same up. story. Yep, sounds good. Um, and then uh, again, Sunak's train strike laws will stop rail unions cancelling Christmas. So Sunak's fixing transport, apparently. We'll see how that goes. Rail unions don't actually cancel Christmas. Yeah, they just cancel yeah. trains. It seems, seems a bit harsh. And the I, yeah? The I is going with Green King forced to announce shredding of eco-policy, um, which we will dig into more in a second. I thought and that was something to do with the brewery. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Charles B. Weatherspoons. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Grania, what have you got? Uh, well, the Daily Mail, oh, it's just classic Daily Mail front page. I'm really happy for them. It must have been a good morning for them to be able to send this out into the world. So two main sort of headlines. Uh, Ian Duncan Smith, IDS, as the kids call him, the shadowy Tory cabal forced me out, just like Boris. That's the latest from Nadine Dorry's bombshell. The IDS, who, as we all remember, was an absolutely terrible leader. It wasn't because he was an absolutely <laughs> terrible leader. It's because he was a shady, shadowy cabal. That shadowy cabal are up to their <laughs> tricks shadowy again. shadowy cabal, you again. <laughs> I would have got away with it if it wasn't for you meddling shadowy cabal. <laughs> and then, again, I just feel like this is the t- the Daily Mail sweet spot. Uh, poppy seller, 78, punched by protesters. This is the story of uh, apparently... Um, a veteran on the mall was um, oh sorry a veteran tells the mail of a station attack during uh, the protests in the lead up to Armistice Day and they've got a, they've got a, a, a large panoramic photo with a circle around the alleged assault I mean it is a horrible thing if it happened but we'll see on that as we can see on the headline punched by protesters has got quotes around yeah. it air quotes yeah. it's a big day for air quotes I have to say on the headlines those air quotes doing quite a lot of, of heavy lifting and then there's this big crowd scene and then a circle and it's the most Daily Mail worst Wally ever yeah um, yeah so very it's I feel like this is it must mean a, a happy day in the Daily Mail they were able to have that as their their front page uh, then the Daily Mirror, uh, they have, again, an, another, a lot of air quotes for the Daily Mirror. Uh, Michelle Moan, shock, inverted yes. commas. Finally, she admits PPE link. So that's the story that Baroness Moan has admitted being involved in a 200 million pandemic PPE deal after three years of insisting that she had no role. And I like the picture they have, they've used of her, is her in her ceremonial uh, robes in the House of Lords, but also her uh, really expensive uh, handbag as well. So I'm reminded of the great uh, title of the Mark Almond album, Vermin in Ermin. <laughs> She's got her hair looks good though, in fairness. It really does, yes. The Sun, their headline is The Royal Hypocrite, Eco, Inverted commas. Yeah. Harry flies to Katy Perry gig in oil tycoon's jet. Eco Harry. The Daily Star, once again covering the big stories all the other periodicals are missing. Bark from the dead. Psychic reveals how faithful pets are sending love-filled messages from beyond the grave. Ghost dogs. Ghost dogs. I thought Ghost Dog was in the Wu-Tang Clan, but apparently <laughs> he's on the front of the Daily Star haunting his, for, his former master. That's, listen, this is why we need to cover all the newspapers because these stories get missed. Well, the star has a little strap. It says proud to love animals, even those who've gone to the great kennel beyond. <laughs> who've gone to the big farm. Yes, gone Outside. to a farm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hem, hem, hem. So as we see, we've got two big royal eco stories today. Who'd have thought it? It is King's Speech Day, which doesn't mean Colin Firth is going to stammer his way through a few remarks while the Germans bomb the East End, like in the film. It is the formal announcement in Parliament of the government's programme for the next year, which is a bit rich because they might not make it that long. Holiday, the eye has Green King forced to announce shredding of eco-policy and says the King's speech will be delivered through gritted teeth. 
What's going on here? Yeah, so basically, uh, King Charles's job today will be to sort of put up and shut up. Um, obviously, he's been very vocal in the past about climate change. He's described it as the world's greatest challenge. But uh, that is very much not the line today. He's going to ha- be announcing a new round of oil and gas licensing in the North Sea. Measures like kind of banning councils from uh, rules that might be seen as penalising motorists. So all sorts of things I think we can safely say he's not a huge fan of. Jacob Rees-Mogg, I think it was, optimistically described King Charles as imperturbable. But... um, that's, yeah. not, that's not how we say it. Anyway, um, which, yeah, I, I think is a, a bit of a stretch considering that we have a pretty good idea of what King Charles thinks about this. And, yeah, it's a safe bet that he's well, not going to be happy. The whole the whole constitutional uh, world has been bracing itself for this for about 50 years, ever since Prince Charles started talking to plants. He's gonna be, <laughs> when he's king, he won't be able to do any of this. Now he's going to be, oh, my, my government will burn pandas <laughs> and uh, I don't know, throw, throw little you know endangered species in the bin kind of thing. It's not going to be fun for him, is it? No, exactly. And when you've had to wait that long to be king as well, it's not as though we can kind of write off the stuff he said before. It's like, oh, you know, well, he was just a young man. You know, they all have ideas, but then mm. they really... Gra- no, no, we've got like seven decades of opinions. Yes. So we couldn't have a firm idea of what he thinks and like I think something that um, was a huge advantage to the Queen um, about being so sort of quiet about what she thought is that we sort of we made assumptions that were always very flattering mm. whereas here we can you know there's always the temptation to be like ah, ha, ha, you know a bit of a cackle like oh, he clearly hates this yeah. is there is there a world where like so we can't say anything but when he's reading it out could he like roll his eyes or just <laughs> cough yeah yeah my government will have new oil yeah we're doing loads of oil that kind of thing or just like doing inverted commas air quotes you're all about the air quotes today aren't you I just think there's a lot of buzz about them as an, as an Irish person you obviously love the royal family and uh, all monarchy and the whole feudal bit you, oh I think it's really working out for you guys it's great isn't it yeah um, what do you make of the pomp and circumstances I mean there are great pictures of Charles with that bloody big crown on his head and you just kind of think, do we live in a Pixar film? Do you know what? There's so many things from the personal point of view, especially on his coronation. He looks so miserable. He's like, it was like a perfect image of when you think career success will fill the gaping hole in your soul. That's what his face was. He was like so unhappy. But also when like career success mean like necessitates the death of your parent. (laughs) Fundamentally very strange. Yeah, I know. Nobody should want this. Uh, what would you give for Charles to just jump up and shout, yeah, meat tax now and we're going to knock down the bull ring and pull up some old fake cottages? It's just, it just feels, when you see sort of the state of the United Kingdom at the moment with basically legislation coming in to make it easier for rich people in cars to pollute cities so bad that working class children die of asthma, mm-hmm. for a guy arriving in a gold coach to announce this just feels like a little bit too on the nose. But a guy in a gold coach who doesn't want it to happen, <laughs> you know, it's like it's normal country in Excelsis. No no carbon emissions from horses though, guys. I mean, no, well, not as many. Well, yeah, <laughs> so, some methane, less yeah. carbon. Yeah. So Holly, it's not just the anti-green, uh, the oil and the gas and the car policies that are coming. Charles will also be announcing new hardline sentencing, sentencing guidelines for sex offenders and stuff. 
Yes. So um, we're going to have tougher sentences for rapists and killers. So uh, criminals who commit rape and other serious sexual offences will spend every day of their sentence behind bars, um, as opposed to, I think, 50% uh, when the government came into power in uh, 2010. Um, and there will also be judges will have powers to um, order newly convicted prisoners to attend sentencing hearings or face really tough penalties. And reasonable force can be used to make criminals appear in docks. So. so this is like clearly election red meat, to which even the most enthusiastic Conservative supporter might be able to say, now you want to do it after 13 years in power. Do you think this is, is this likely to even happen? They've got a year and a, a kind of, you know, a, a pretty tight legislative runway. Well, absolutely. Not to mention absolutely no room in prisons. Yeah. Um, we're a couple of weeks, it was about a couple of weeks ago that they said we're going to have to start setting people free because there simply isn't space anymore, not to mention a massive backlog in the courts. So again, like it's a, you know, it's an idea that will surely be very popular, but the idea of it coming to fruition, either because the government will be out or there just isn't room. There's one actually slightly less buzzy um, measure, which could be something I could see being more po probable to implement sooner, but is actually quite dark, which is giving the police power to enter a property without a warrant to steal, seize stolen goods like phones when they have a reasonable proof that a specific item is inside. So that, like, I can see that going haywire in a yeah. million different directions, like what constitutes reasonable proof. I mean, that's very populist, isn't it? Because we've heard and some of us have experienced stories where you know where the stolen phone is because yeah. it's on Find Your Phone. And you tell, you give the police the address and they say, we have no evidence and we can't do anything about it. But you can also see how we open to massive, massive abuse. Oh, uh, there, was, uh, there was a phone in there, <laughs> Governor. Yeah, but it would be interesting actually to see how the police um, respond now to those kind of like pettier thefts. Like, well, they suddenly be more interested when it also entails barging into someone's home. That'll be a bit telling. It will be, yeah. Karanya, there was a, we, we are at the sort of stage in uh, the in the cycle of politics where the government can just float policies that will probably never come to fruition and never even be introduced as law, but just to get a headline. And there was a particularly horrible one in the Telegraph yesterday, the idea that the Department of Work and Pensions will be uh, given the power or actually told to investigate the bank accounts of people who are claiming benefits every month. They would look at if you're claiming benefits, and let's remember people on benefits aren't all like, you know, the, the kind of caricature, jobless, yeah. grounder with a million kids. Most people on benefits are in work doing jobs and the government wants to give the DWP power to look at your bank accounts, whatever benefits you're claiming, to, to you know, rummage through it. It's just so mad. It's so pointlessly petty and cruel. There's no way they have enough uh, people. They don't have enough manpower to basically run the system as it is, let alone like checking people's direct debits to make sure there's not like some subscriptions that aren't necessary. It's so... It's so it's 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 so dehumanizing, and it, it, they'll never be able to afford to do it. And it is just red meat to like a really nasty element in the British public. I mean, what next would be like? We want access to your Fitbit, you know, to yeah. make sure you're doing your your ten thousand steps or, or, or ten. 000, I never get numbers right. If you're too, how many steps you're supposed to do? Um, that's what they're going to be trying to next. I th I just think it's so gross. Meanwhile, we promised you another Green Royal story. We mentioned it earlier uh, on the front of the sun. Eco Harry flies to Katy Perry gig in oil tycoon's jet. 
Johnny, I mean, this is this is disgusting, isn't it? Going to see <laughs> Katy Perry. She's over. She's reduced to doing Just Eat adverts. What did, what did you think of this story? It's very strange. It's, I just Again, it just feels very, very petty. I mean... Harry and Meghan are celebrities. Like, that's what they are. They're just celebrities now. So, you're, I mean, with the best will in the world, they're not exactly going to get on a mega bus, are they, to go to a concert? I, <laughs> I mean, think people would love them if they did. <laughs> they would, but I just, they are... On a mega, Meghan bus. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> come, on, come on, guys, a spitball in here. Whole brand extension idea. And he doesn't look like he's having a very good time, does he? he you, you have the so picture on the inside. He looks so miserable. He looks so miserable. He's like... I think he. There were shots of him in Afghanistan, looking more relaxed than. Uh, <laughs> he looks so. You're not wrong, actually. Yeah. He's really, he's really but sad. He really looks like he'd, he'd rather be down in Mahiki dancing to Akon or something oh, like that. Oh God! Actually. What I love about so he's been asked before about travelling uh, in a private jet, and he said in an interview in 2019, he said, "I spent 99 percent of my life travelling the world by commercial. Occasionally, there needs to be an opportunity based on a unique." circumstance to ensure that my family are safe and I love that he includes going to see a Katy Perry concert in that unique circumstance Now, if there's one thing the broadsheets love, it's scratching that terrible itch of class. The Guardian wants you to worry that you're too middle class The Telegraph wants you to worry that you're not upper class enough and the male reader is in a rage because all the wokesters look down on their nice mowed lawn and their clean car outside their semi that they pay the mortgage on. The Times has got a fantastic example of class features today. It's splashed on the cover as, are you too common? Uh, and inside, furniture designer and socialite Nikki Haslam has issued the latest list of things that are common and it comes printed on a tea towel. Grania Maguire, what the hell's going on here? Oh, I, lo- I have to say I love this. Mm-hmm. I love this. This is Nikki Haslam, who's an interior designer. And just giving you an idea of where he sort of sits in the British class register, his mother was a goddaughter of Queen Victoria. That sounds common to me. <laughs> <laughs> she had so many godchildren. Yes. <laughs> um, so every year he, he, he reveals a list of things that he considers common <laughs> on a tea towel on a tea towel it's a free service that he provides <laughs> which apparently he calls a what's a dish a dish dryer cleaner a drying up cloth a drying up cloth because tea towel too common too common do go on okay so it's what we've all been waiting for a list of things Nikki Haslam finds common they include saying Moorish it's very Moorish the Northern Lights. Well, like what? The, what? The Northern Lights in space. Yeah, it's common. How's that so common? Common. Goody. Really gross. Right. Okay. Keep going. Podcast. Hey, knew it. <laughs> we podcast like common people. Um, the phrase one hundred percent. Yeah. Strawberries. <laughs> what? Strawberry. Hang Strawberry. on. What about I remember strawberries used to be a mega treat that were only available for two weeks a year. How's that? It's literally not common. It's really common though. Why is it common? What are you supposed to have instead? Diamonds mm. in chocolate. Actually, no. Alcohol, I think. Yeah, probably. Well, we, we may be coming to that later. What else is? What else is? Common? Um, grieving. <laughs> So repress those feelings <laughs> like a British so, this is why Prince Harry is common yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's grieving and Prince and the King as well they're okay, all common move on your mother died so what yes well oh, the actual genuine poshos do think the royal family are common and they think they, they think they're just Germans well he said and included in <laughs> Wales family in blue there we are very common very what, common what if they weren't something else 
What if they're wearing chinos? Oh God! You need to. You need. To, they need to check with Nikki Haslam. Okay. Um, other things: Wimbledon, very common. <laughs> Aperol, anything common. Music. Well, music what? is common. All music is common. What? So Thomas Tallis or the Prodigy? They're all common. Beethoven. Beethoven. Naff. Naff. Crap. Rubbish. And Council. Festivals. Which ones? Glyndebourne or, or Download and, and Reading. Edinburgh Festival. Common. Best, just common. Uh, the, the freeze a bucket list. Common. I agree with that, actually. And uh, Grease and Perry. Common. <laughs> Sorry, common. Okay, so let's just get this straight. Uh, the, the, the country's most prominent flamboyant cross-dresser is common. Yeah, common. All right. So what is this definition of common in here? Because it is actually quite an interesting story, this, isn't it? I think it's very... I, I think what as, a, as an outsider as well, what I appreciate about this is... So the British upper class, especially the sort of landed aristocracy that uh, Nikki Haslam represents, they're, n- they're not on the up. Okay, they don't yeah. sort of really represent... Shabby genteel. Shabby genteel. So I, I, I kind of enjoy this sort of ridiculousness. It's, it feels like it doesn't take itself very seriously and it's, it's, it's a bit of fun. I don't mind it. Holly, tea towels are quite common, aren't they? I'm so confused. <laughs> I'm really, really good. So, because a lot of it doesn't, it's not like the thing, it's how we talk about the thing. It's yes. like, could, do, could we have, so apparently um, Nancy Mitford said that it's not sort of, yeah, the, the object itself, it's how you're describing it. So, or like, it's not what you're saying, it's how you're saying it. So apparently pardon is common because it's yeah. affected, whereas what is posh yeah. because Poshers it's like direct, it's yeah, to the yeah, point. they don't care. Poshers are really dead rude, aren't they? They really are rude. I think where people get it mixed up, and I think this could be like the kind of Americanization thing that they object to, is like people conflate being posh and wealth. I mean, like not not without grounds, let's be mm. honest. But I think there's this kind of idea in like the true poshness that you shouldn't really ever be very comfortable. You should be wearing hand-me-downs. You should be tracking through the mud. Yeah. And if someone were take, to take a photo of you, it should be completely impossible to place where you are in the last five decades. Yeah. Like that's my... It's like... It's it's not that you sort of like dislike, I don't know, music, whatever. It's like you're just not anywhere near it. There's this like separate bubble somewhere in the shires. You regard rock and yeah. roll as a very much passing fad, which... Yeah, really yeah, exactly. You. Yeah, yeah. You, you are permanent. Everything else is transient. Also, your house should be freezing cold. Yeah, absolutely. Your house absolutely freezing cold and your clothes should have, have patches and holes in them. Yeah, yeah. You never turn the heating on, but you never complain about it. Mm. You just wrap up in your very holy moth-eaten jumper. But you do have one arga in the middle of your giant building, which is glowing red because it's so hot. (laughs) And nobody nobody can go in that room. And it's permanently surrounded by spaniels. Yeah, absolutely. And with with, uh, dry, drying towel cloths, (laughs) whatever they're called, hanging off it. I once, I worked in a really, when I moved to London first, I worked in a super, super posh chocolate shop. And on one of the first days, a really posh old lady came in and she said, how much are your truffles? Truffles. 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 <laughs> and she said it with such confidence. I was like, I've been pronouncing that wrong my whole life. <laughs> as it's truffles. Hi, I'm Katie Riley. On the Slow Newscast from Tortoise, Donald Trump became the first former U.S. president in history to face a criminal trial. The defendant repeatedly made false statements on New York business records. This is not a trial. This is not an act of criminality. We cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. This is the story of his first week in court told through the transcripts. 
Listen now to the Slow Newscast wherever you get your podcasts. Now it's time for my favourite bit of the show, the headlines, where the finest minds in what used to be called Fleet Street can talk themselves into a pretzel just to get a pun that works. What diamonds of the headline writer's art have we found in the rough of newsprint today? Grania, you've got a couple from the star. Some lovely work uh, today in the star. Um, the first one is a man who claims to be UK's number one Tommy Shelby lookalike has revealed he's always been stopped by Peaky Blinder fans. Headline is... Twin Peakies. Very good, very good. And also, a pun on a TV show that came off uh, 30 years ago. I approve. <laughs> very, very good. Speaking to me gets me where I live. And the star also has an update on our continuing, uh, ongoing 24-hour sheep coverage. OK, well, breaking news. The former world's loneliest sheep has got a loving hug from farmer Ben Best after the Daily Star-backed rescue. And the headline is... Sheerly beloved. That's great. I like that. It's almost like they constructed the whole lonely sheep thing just to get that headline <laughs> at some points. And you've got a bit. I'm going to make you do some football now because oh there's the Sun back page. Listeners may be aware that last night's game between Tottenham Hotspur and Chelsea was uh, an, an insane episode in football, regarded by many as one of the maddest games. Um, what was it? Three disallowed goals, two Spurs players sent off, VAR going crazy all over the place. Grania, you love football. What what is the what oh, have we got here? So apparently, so Tottenham played Chelsea, mm-hmm. and oh my God, there was was a very exciting match. <laughs> you can see the face. <laughs> but your husband's a Spurs fan. He is. He's in an abusive relationship with Tottenham Hotspur. But the top of the league, it's having a good year. Yeah, but they, it, it's the hope that hurts them. Oh, okay, it's the it hope that hurts because I know it's going to end up in catastrophe at some stage, and mm. I'll have to be like, oh, what a surprise. Yeah. Um, the headline is Varnage. Varnage, Varnage, get it? See what I mean? Varnage. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping somebody one day is going to go with Var. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Holly, you also have sun and star fun. What have we got? Right, so um, in news that I'm sure will come as a shock to absolutely everyone, uh, burnt out workers sneak off to the toilet to play games on their phone. Um, so research reveals that 69% of office staff slip off for unofficial breaks. Oh, yes. Um, I'm surprised it's that low. Yeah. It's obviously 100%. Yeah, it's obviously right? yeah. 20%, um, yeah. So yeah, so this is um, so it's it's apparently there's a common fear that playing Candy Crush at your desk could be interpreted as lazy. Um, <laughs> so this is the phenomenon. Headline is bog off to play games. And the sun has a belter as well. This is a poll uh, looking at the most popular nicknames. So we've got Big Man, Ginge and Spud are the top three nicknames. So Spud was like famously played by Ian Bremner in uh, Train Spotting. Uh, and yeah, apparently everyone's relating a lot to that, which yeah. should we be worried? Who knows? Um, <laughs> headline is Spud You Like. Very good. Oh, Spud nice, or Spudula K, as it used to be pronounced. <laughs> um, and The Mirror. Uh, right. Wow. OK, so in The Mirror, we have a dad who claims to be Britain's dullest bloke. Which is bold. Like, bold. I mean, own it. Hang uh, on. Come on. Uh, yeah, he's called David. So own it, David. Oh, no. um, he's obsessed with collecting PG tips boxes, even though he says it's not really his cup of tea. So, I mean, uh-huh. what's his Joker origin story? <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's collected 500 PG tips boxes. Headline is Tea Potty. Amazing. Good for you, David. Leaf it out, David. (laughs) 
and except for next week when he kills his yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he sets them all on fire yeah. Yeah. PG tips killer strikes again <laughs> So there's quite enough sausage-fingered monarchs and toffs snobbing it up in the papers. What else have we found in the press today? The Eye has a very odd feature headlined, I've adopted the Swedish art of death cleaning. Writer Sophie Morris writes about Dostadning, I hope I'm saying that right, where you get rid of all the stuff you might not want so your family doesn't have to clean it up when you die. It's based on a book called The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning by Margarita Magnusson. Now, Holly, Swedish death cleaning are not a metal band appearing at the Download (laughs) Festival. It is actually a phenomenon. What is this all about? So according uh, to Amy Polo, who produces and narrates the TV show that is um, now covering this phenomenon, uh, says it's basically throwing out your crap so that others don't have to do it when you die. Um, so well, yeah, you it's kind of, you're yeah, dead. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's very considerate, but it feels a bit sort of like in terms of like premeditating. It's a lot. Um, so according to f- Swedish folklore, um, you do it by taking a gap year after you retire uh, to declutter and organize your homes and belongings. I'm sorry, I don't think anyone under the age of seventy is in danger of an owning enough stuff yeah. that it will take them an, a year to declutter. Um, also, really, really weird way to kick off your retirement. Um, so, I yeah. get ready to die now. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just like, why don't we just experiment with making some things not very depressing? Um, so, yeah, so basically, you have you clean out all your stuff, um, and it sort of just feels a bit like the latest spin of Marie Kondo, but mm. like darker. Yeah. Um, well, she was like, only get, only keep things that bring you joy. And this is like, get rid of everything that brings you joy and be left just with empty, mm-hmm. hollow voidness. Yeah, I mean, I'm look, I'm not averse to cleaning out stuff. I moved many, many times in my yeah. 20s. Um, but as a result, I really don't have anything or indeed any dependents to leave it to. <laughs> this feels like a problem or an issue that will be irrelevant in yeah. one generation's time. Yeah, I mean, whenever my wife's always telling me to get rid of things that are filling up the house, get rid of your crap. And at the back of my mind is the voice saying, but if I throw this away, then future historians writing <laughs> the many biographies of my life will have no evidence to go on. So we need to keep this bundle of post-it notes. Grandi, what did you think? Are you, are you a crap collector? I love crap. Mm. I am pro-crap. I hate this. I hate this concept. The whole point is when you die, your loved ones, your family members, your kids, they have to clean out your house and they have they they fight, they have a cathartic moment, they cry, and then they know you better, but it's too late you're dead, and then it's basically every yeah. Irish play ever. Yeah, and they find things. They find things like, oh, who, who knew that she was secretly a kickboxer and she never let on? Yeah. Who knew? Who knew that she was the one that did the Brink Smart robbery? Oh, well, now we know. I, If anything, I think I'm going to leave sort of clues for my family members. Like, um, I'll, I'll, I'll get like pictures of, of a guy and letters and I'll just write them myself. Mm. So that then they'll think that I had this lost love yeah, that I kept secret. Right on the back, they must never know. Yeah. It must remain our secret, yeah. but but it, but it's actually a photograph of Robbie Williams, yeah. or the artist formerly known as Prince. Could be anybody. You could just you know synthesize all the. This woman who is is writing the feature, she she talks about um, you know throwing years of travel books on the fire. You could at least recycle them. She's in her forties. With luck, Sophie Morris will have a long and happy life. She doesn't need to start death decluttering yet, does she? I mean. I don't know. Oh, Again, like it's just really, really depressing. I, I feel like this this story is really emblematic of where we all are in our heads yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Um, 
I don't, I don't know. I think it's it's nice. It's nice to think of kind of like how can I make life easier for my family. But I would say that there are other ways of doing that rather than like living your entire life of in anticipation of death. Mm. Um, it feels very strange. Also, you don't know what your kid might like. Like apparently her kid's really young. What if her kid turns out to love I don't know nunchucks or whatever she's got in yeah. the cupboard? Like I just think these Swedes have been watching you know the Seventh Seal too much. You know, a knight <laughs> plays chess with death, and death says. This place is a tiff. I want to get rid of all this rubbish around here. Like, just have a spring clean. Don't be such drama queens about it. Absolutely, yes. Grania, also, you have got Barbara Streisand updates for us, haven't you? You're oh so ha- Grania was so happy because there's hot, hot Streisand content in the papers today with the sun. Where's the, where's the sun? Can I just say, in the words of Alexander Hamilton, how lucky we are to be alive right now. Yes. Because Bar- Bar- Barbara Streisand is finally bringing out her memoir. Yes. I mean, I just, I, I'm so excited. She's been working on it for 25 years. It's apparently 900 pages long. Coming off Britney Spears's memoir, finally there's a point to being alive. Right. It's like, I genuinely am finally glad I can read. Okay. <laughs> Up until now, it's like, it's oh, just whatever. Waste of time. So what, what do we know so far? I mean, I think the Times has a story that she, she was going to have a nose job and then it turned out to be too dangerous, so she didn't do it. And I think that's good because Barbara Streisand should not have a nose job. Barbara Streisand's nose is Barbara Streisand's nose and She's rightly proud of it. Yeah. What else have we got? Uh, we also learned that now at the age of 81, she is quitting showbiz. Which I just love <laughs> releasing a memoir and probably being like on every talk show, you know, every platform whatsoever, publicising yeah, her memoir is yeah. her version of, you know, <laughs> spending more time with the grandkids. And that's the end of today's paper cuts. Thank you, Holly Thomas, for joining us. Thank you. And thanks to Granny Maguire too. Thank you. Listeners, we've got two things for you to remember. One, don't forget to give a listen to Why, our fantastic new podcast about the fascinating fringes of science, technology, psychology, and every other ology that there is. They're fascinating bite-sized episodes, and you can get them right now at whypodcast.co.uk. That's W-H-Y. And two, if you like paper cuts, why not support us to help us keep going and growing? We are a 100% independent outfit and we'd be really grateful for your backing. Follow the show notes at back.papercutsshow.com. That's B-A-C-K dot papercutsshow.com. Two S's in there to find out more. Chip in and you will get extended episodes with extra material plus the coveted papercuts mugs and the t-shirts today as modelled by me. And you'll also get shout outs on the podcast like this. Hello, and my, aren't you looking good today to Donna Brown. Many thanks, and you are looking fine to Dean Lee. And a gentlemanly tip of my hat, plus enormous thanks to the ever-generous Augustina Okoto. Visit back.papercutshow.com, and next time, it could be you. Miranda Sawyer's back tomorrow. I've been Andrew Harrison, and you've been listening to Papercuts on a day when an Italian winery has come under fire for selling a bottle of wine with Hitler's face on it, despite promising to stop doing it over a year ago. 1945, not a great vintage, but it's been laid down in the bunker for a bit too long. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.